Hey, so this is a new episode of Dumb and Dumbest with Matt Bacon and Curtis Dewar. Curtis? Hello, how's it going? <laughs> there we go. There we go. So we're here. We're rocking and rolling. We, uh, we have a subject of the day. We're ready. It's Monday morning. We're both grinding. As I type this, I'm literally analyzing t-shirt designs because everything is pain. My, everything's flooding. It's going to be crazy. So mm -hmm. is it raining up by you, Curtis? Raining? No, it's pretty hot today, actually. But my kids want to keep the fucking air conditioning off for some goddamn reason. They've turned into, like, these desert animals or something. I don't get it. <laughs> Jerks. Um, point my balls off here. It is, it is very, very rainy. Yeah, not here. It was there like that yesterday up here. And I, I, I might die. So, anyway. What we're going to be digging into today is how a lot of bands didn't make the 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 jump from uh facebook to instagram and then we're going to kind of turn that into talking about how you <coughs> as a band can't marry yourself too much to one platform yep so initially what are your thoughts on this curtis um well i think it's a problem in general um not just with instagram but with twitter and google plus and all the rest of them youtube um i think a lot of bands have been told that they need to niche down uh to one platform and personally i think that's bad advice um i mean there's there's ways of looking at it right like i mean doing one getting good at one platform is a good thing but if you're not really being consistent across all of them it's not very good at the same time you know yeah like having consistent amount of followers or posts or whatever i i don't think that's a good idea just to stick to one platform personally just because of the fact that a lot of people who are on instagram for example don't go on facebook a lot of people who are on facebook don't go on instagram or twitter or whatever right so yeah and that, that i agree but i think okay well here here's a question i get a lot as we kind of delve into this and this is i think what led to the issue is a question a lot of bands ask me, and I'm sure a lot of bands ask you, is if I can only focus on what platform, what do I focus on? Yeah, that's a tough one to, to say, right? Because you need to figure it out. There's usually between two to four members in a band, and between the four of you, there should be more than enough time for to get the platforms covered. Just put someone in charge of it and just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's I something... Mean, if you and I can do it, why can't a band with up to four or five members, you know what I mean? I agree. This is something I talk about all the time. Yeah. That being said, I think that coordinating between band members has to be done very carefully. Yeah. I see a lot of bands who aren't really able to coordinate properly. Which Most isn't, can't. Most can't. Which is frustrating for, I think, all parties. Which is why they need a manager to be an actual fact. <laughs> Pretty or much. a designated in charge of the entire group instead of just having a bunch of four divas or five divas sitting around deciding stuff themselves. But regardless, so how do you, okay, but let's just, for the sake of argument, let's answer that question. Okay. I'm curious for your thoughts versus what I'm going to say. Okay. If you, if a band says we are literally only going to work on one social media platform, what social media platform do you tell them? Well, I, I try to talk them out of it, but if they're really, really, really insistent, 
I would say to them to pick the one that they feel the most comfortable with and go from there. Okay. It doesn't have a sharp learning curve for them. So if they're like, for example, if one, if that member that asks me that question hangs out all the time on Twitter or they use their Twitter account the most, I'll tell them to use that. If they mainly use Instagram, I'll tell them to use that or Facebook or whatever. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Or YouTube. My, my viewpoint is if you're only going to do one focus exclusively on Instagram and then just upload all your big content to Facebook. And I can see that viewpoint too, but I'm, I'm of the school that my own, my, these are both valid viewpoints for sure. My own viewpoint is like, if you're already good at something, no sense in trying to learn something else right away. I mean, learn it obviously, but sure. Stick with your skills. Like, I mean, I don't know much about, I don't know anything about how to, um, or I didn't know anything at first about Instagram and I'm slowly learning. I still don't know much about it, but I'm slowly learning and you know, it's, but I'm putting the effort into it. But at the same time, I'm still focusing on my main platform, which is Twitter for me. Right. Right. And so I guess that's my own personal thing though. Right. Right. And I guess that kind of ties into the, Oh, okay. Yeah. So for me, I guess what the next question is, is you and I both know a ton of these bands who were very late to the Instagram game for whatever reason. Yeah. What do you recommend they do? They just got to start doing it. I mean, I was late too. I mean, I barely did anything on it until about February of this year, yeah. March. Um, and the only reason why I did, I started to was, um, I actually saw something, um, I, I, I do a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts and watch a lot of videos. Like I said on a previous thing, I, I heard a guy called uh, Hank Norman who, who has trained people like Grant Cardone and um, a lot of the other big speakers and stuff. He's a T he was a former TV producer with the view. I think it was. And he was talking about the way that he busted out. Uh, he can bust anybody out by getting them to do videos on Instagram and YouTube daily. Yeah. So, I thought, well, I could try that myself and then I could export it to my clients once I master it myself. And so I've been trying it and it's actually been really good for getting engagement. And then you started doing it shortly after I did. And it's been really, really good for engagement for both of us, I think. Yeah. And it's gotten sales because it allows you to kind of build out your funnel. It has. And I've got a lot of, made a lot of connections from doing that. So, I mean, I used to think Instagram was stupid. I don't like going on camera. I absolutely detest going on camera. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. But I'm when you do sad. it, it, it sucks for me, but when you do it, you actually make connections with people and I get all sorts of messages daily saying, thank you for helping, giving some advice on these different things. So I just keep doing it as a, as a disciplinary action. So that way I, I keep getting myself out there. Right. So, yeah. And I think one of the issues that I see is a lot of people are uncomfortable being in front of the camera. Well, you have to do it. Otherwise you're never going to get comfortable. Exactly. You, you just have to, like, I mean, I didn't want to do it and I, watched Hank's video and I stewed on it for a few days and I and then I rewatched it and I was like okay well worst case scenario somebody makes fun of me who cares on the internet yeah well I mean like worst case I mean you don't know 99.9% .9 of these people anyway so yeah who cares best case scenario you make a good connection or worst case scenario no one no one even pays attention you get ignored exactly there's no downside to it i mean unless you're like flashing yourself in front of the camera there's really no downside to it which is what my first few videos were in case yeah anyone of you are curious you know go back he was doing it on the playgirl channel 
Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, if any of you are curious about my origins. <laughs> um, okay, but is there a way in your experience to convert people uh, who follow you on Facebook to your Instagram? Uh, sort of. I mean, I haven't really been trying to do that, so I'm not, probably not the best person to be asking about that because I post my daily videos on all the platforms. Um, but I find, like, here's what I find is that I think if you really want to grow a certain platform, you really have to put the effort into it, if that makes sense. So you really, like, for example, if you really want to convert your Facebook people on Instagram, you're going to have to make posts talking about how you're on Instagram. You're going to have to share links to Instagram posts you've made. You're going to have on other platforms. I mean, you're going to have to follow a lot of people and you have to comment on to a lot of people too, and just make yourself known. I mean, there's no short way of doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I really think. in order to get known, you have to talk to people and you have to interact with people. There's no other way of doing it. You can't just follow someone and expect, or just make an account rather than expect tomorrow. You have 20,000 followers, right? This is true. And I think that's something people expect is they don't realize that a lot of these bands who are making these sorts of moves. Like I can tell, like, like the most successful underground band on Instagram is like High Reaper, for example. You know what I mean? I couldn't hear what you said. The most successful underground band on Instagram could be like High Reaper, for example. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're really good. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that just happened or do you think they fucking ground their fucking asses off for hours every day? High Reaper, they ground their asses off. I, I know that person by person. By personally talking to uh, one of the band members, I know that is a fact. Well, that's exactly well, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, you know, that's for sure. And ultimately, Facebook was a very easy platform to grow on because everyone was there. Yeah, you know, at this point, I think we need, you know, to appreciate that Instagram. There's this weird, and I don't get it. Like, I really, this bothers me, but like, people are concerned about keeping their, uh, about maintaining their ratio. What do you mean? Like, their follower to, uh, to following. Yeah. 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 I worry about that shit all the time. Really? I don't. And, and like, that makes it hard to get followers. Well, in my opinion, this is my own opinion. And may I speak before you go off? Sure. Well, here's what, here's my, my thought on it is like, I wouldn't worry about that because the more it's it's the interactions you have versus the ratio it really is i mean like it doesn't matter i mean if you but i mean but for example if you have i would only worry about that if you had something like two hundred thousand people you were that that uh, you were following and uh you know 108 199,000 people that were following you back type of thing but when you're in the smaller number i mean it really doesn't matter it just doesn't matter fair and i mean fair. you also don't want to be fall i mean and the other thing too is a lot of times though a lot of times the accounts that just follow you back automatically they're basically bot accounts they don't interact anyway so who gives a fuck you know what i mean yeah no this is all, all unscientific just purely my own experience and 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 observations, right? I'm trying to understand the human psychology of it, because that's sort of a big, the big well, struggle. Here's the thing: is I mean, your follower, 
the number of followers you have doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it matters, but it, in the, it, in, but it doesn't at the same time. Because, I mean, for example, I think I have, what, 750 Instagram followers, but I get a crap ton of interaction. Tons. Yeah. I get more than people with many more followers than I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with my Twitter. My Twitter, I have 1,500 followers, but I get a ton, ton, ton of interaction. Right? Facebook, I get a fair amount. I don't get tons, but I mean, I get, because I don't focus on it as much, but it's, I get tons of interaction. Like, I'd rather have a ton of interactions and have people talking to me and, and dealing with me than having like all these followers that don't even do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, one thing I, one thing I do know too is that, um, there's a lot of people like even that that make very 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 good incomes off social media who do not have have a high following but they but it's because of the quality of the interactions they have yeah is is of sufficient level that people yeah. people get interested they buy in yeah, yeah. And, like, uh, and they go from there yeah like there's a time like i mean i i know as a fact i i've i've seen several authors state that they that they make very good incomes i'm not talking musicians right now because i'm going into a different space for a moment talk about how they have used their their twitter following just or their instagram following to make a very good income for themselves even though they don't have a high follower amount in comparison to other accounts right yeah but again like we talk about all this and we talk about focusing on instagram and making sure you're expanding in all the right places. Mm -hmm. But remember to quote Gary V when you're using social media, you're day trading for attention. You know, so if your Instagram following dips all of a sudden and something else comes up, go to that other thing as hard as fucking possible because all that matters is looks and attention. Exactly. I mean, that's the main thing we're after is attention. So, I mean, if you have 30,000 followers, but you're getting only attention from 10 of them, you're doing something wrong. But if you have like a thousand followers and you're getting attention from 800 of them, you're doing something right is my opinion. You know what I mean? Unless of course those 10 followers are all giving you. If they give you a million each, sure. That's yeah. a different, that's, that's a different, that's a different, that's a different talk, but you know what I mean? Broadly speaking. As yeah. a general rule, as a general rule. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I guess the, the sort of the final point we want to go into with this episode is just, how do you make sure that you are <clears throat> that that you are in the right format for you? Are you getting engagement? Are you getting people talking to you? Are you talking to people? That would be my criteria. What's yours? I would agree, and I also think I, I also <clears throat> I, I honestly I I just like to look at where the young successful bands are going you know like obviously a big part of my social media strategy will come from just like observing really big bands who have good social media or even pop artists you know yeah but like if you want to be successful look at where fucking uh post malone is putting shit look at where little pump is putting shit yeah those guys are getting traction you know like as much as you might not like mumble rap or whatever, those guys know how to use fucking social media, you know? Yeah. So take advantage of the people who know how to, use, how to use social media and just borrow from them right now. All those mumble rap guys, Instagram, SoundCloud, YouTube, who knows what it'll be tomorrow. Exactly. Well, there's another point to be made in all this too, is that 
it doesn't matter what you like, it's what your market likes and what people are buying and what people actually do versus what they say. Like, for example, um, like you said, like even if you don't like the rappers you just mentioned, I'm not familiar with them, but they're doing, they're getting all this attention. You might want to look at what they're doing. Yeah. You know, so I mean, and a lot of people even tell it, like here's another good example is, um, I think you should look to some of the bigger bands, like even bands like Five Finger Death Punch and stuff who are popular to see what they're doing. Oh, for sure. You know, like a lot of people go, oh, Five Finger Death Punch sucks. Well, okay, you don't like them. I don't really like them. You know, Nickelback sucks or whoever it is, right? But they got big for a reason, you know what I mean? And you can go off about lowest common denominator or whatever, but if you're looking to make a career out of what you're doing, you have to be looking at what people are actually wanting. Because a lot of people will say, you know, I hate Nickelback, but yet, how many albums have they sold worldwide? Like a hundred million or something? Yeah, exactly. Yet they're, yet they're the most maligned group on the planet from pretty much everywhere you go, but people are buying their albums. <laughs> you know, so they're doing something right. So you might want to look at what they're doing. Yeah, but <laughs> I, know, I know the guy who signed Nickelback. And yeah. he signed them because he knew he would sell a million records, which funded all his other little projects. Exactly. Well, that's, well, that's just... That's how labels operate. They want to sign the bands that are going to be making the money. And if what's making the money is Nickelback or I don't know, whoever the big, big name pop star is right now, Beyonce or whatever, you know, that's what they want. That's what people are buying. Right. So Beyonce was possibly the most dated reference you can make, buddy. Well, I don't know. I just, she was the first thing that popped in my head for pop star. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry that you had to get a fucking member of destiny's child. Well, I can't think of any pop stars off the top of my head. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I don't know. Curtis is old and out of touch is what I'm trying to make. If I was that old and out of touch, I would have said Madonna. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Michael Jackson, there you go. Anyway. Now I'm old and out of touch. <laughs> anyway, as we hurtle towards the end of another chaotic uh, episode of Dumb and Dumbest, I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that they trade in attention, realize where the people are and realize not who you want your fans to be, but who your fans are. Like at the, like I know a lot of stoner rock bands who are trying to cross over into mainstream rock and yeah. you can't alienate your base. You have to expand on your base. Like Baroness or Mastodon did. That is you know a I mean? very, very, very good point. And you have, or even Code Orange, like still like at least for the next two albums, Code Orange are going to have hella beat down songs before they can fully embrace new metal. I think. Right. maybe yeah maybe they might be moving faster than i expect like yeah. again i was i saw code orange like in basements like two years ago like yeah. 24 months yeah basically happened between me seeing code orange in like the meat locker yeah. and code orange getting a grammy nomination you yeah know, i'm not a fan of them but they're doing something right you they're know, definitely doing something right like uh, and then I didn't really live in America before this happened, but like I have buddies who went from seeing modern baseball play house shows to fucking 3000 person rooms. I got to see modern baseball play house shows just because I was part of that scene and it was yeah. a secret show. But like, broadly speaking, you get what I'm saying. You know, yeah. these things move quickly if you master social media and you day trade in attention. Yep. Yeah. One good book that I would highly recommend that people read, well, two good books I would recommend that just kind of go along with this, that can kind of go about getting the attention and stuff is... Can I, uh, can I, can I predict what they are? Can I predict what they are? Let, let me hear what you're going to say. Okay, I think the two best books for understanding social media... Yeah. I'm talking about attention in general, but go ahead. 
I know. These are the two best books for how, how to understand social media. Mm. Both of them came well before social media. The Prince by Machiavelli, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Two most I was, was going to mention either one of those. I hate how to fr- win friends and influence pers- people personally, but um, we want to hear mine? All I'm saying, Curtis, is who posts more selfies with cool people? But what are Fine. yours? <laughs> well, what I would say, Crush It by Gary Vee, Vaynerchuk. Excellent book. Hell, Gary. Yeah, excellent book. It is dated. I, I, I've mentioned this book in the past, but he basically will tell you how to um, interact with people on social media. But it's a great book, but dated, like I said, but there's tons and tons and tons of great information. I think you can get it for like three bucks on Kindle nowadays. And the other one is the uh, 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Both those are absolutely phenomenal for understanding social media. Exactly. And how to win friends and influence people, I wouldn't recommend, but Matt says he's gotten done well with it. Right, Matt? I've done very well with it. You've done well with it, Matt? Is that I've right, done, Matt? I've done, yeah, like nine. Am I using names for, correctly, Matt? Oh, my God. Curtis is, doesn't is it the sweetest sound, Matt? Curtis doesn't understand <laughs> Chapter 6 of How to Win Friends and Influence People. Oh, I understand it, Matt. <laughs> Did you know Charles Manson used that book to get his followers? I'm not even yeah. joking. And he's really, really fucking good at it. Yeah. But I'm just, I'm just saying Charles Manson started a cult with it. I'm just, I'm just saying. But whatever. As we head toward the end, a couple <laughs> plugs. Follow me on Instagram at MattBacon666. Follow Curtis on Instagram at DoerPR77. If you want literal goddamn free money for your band, email me, Matt at dropoutmedia.net. We're doing t-shirt fulfillment. It's open to all bands for a very limited time. You know, then we're going to have to start making sales quotas and shit. But if you sign up now, you get literal goddamn free money. Isn't there a, a social media group we're, we're trying to push right now too, Matt? And that's something else. Curtis, do you want to share? Uh, sure. It's, it's not really my social media group. It's more Matt's, but I'm helping him with it. It's the dropout social group. You can uh, request an invite by going and searching in Twitter or sorry, Facebook for dropout social. You request an invite and one of the two of us will accept you into the group. And we do a daily marketing challenge this week. We're focusing on Twitter. So daily, you got to do something. And if you don't, you get called out publicly for it. Uh, so far we've got 90% uh, compliance with everything. And I think everybody, are you learning anything from this so far, Matt? Or are you not liking it? I'm learning things. I think it's productive. I think people are having good interactions and growing together and enhancing and expanding and everything seems to be going well. So I'm, cool. I'm rocking and rolling with it. Well, this week is going to be Twitter. Next week I'll figure out what we're going to focus on. But uh, if you want to be part, part of this, you can join the group and you can catch up. We're on day number four or five now, I think. Yeah. Anyways, that's my plug. And you'll also see special advanced videos from both me and Mr. Dewar. If I ever post a video there like I'm supposed to. If you, if you ever do post a video yeah. like you're supposed to. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I was actually recommended by one of my marketing buddies for our new tagline. It was something I just kind of spat out when I was, you know, blathering what? into the fucking mic. But let me, let me pull up what he said the tagline should be. Yes. Sure. This is the blog. This is the podcast for how to not suck at marketing your band. I like it. Who came up with that? Are you allowed to say? I think I said that, and he said I should make it the tagline. So who's who came up with that? Oh, you, it was you I that said it. Okay. It. Okay. From the mouth of babes comes wisdom, and yet before you, Curtis, it's pearls cast before swine. Well, all right. <laughs>
For those curious, I've read the Bible nine times. I read it once. That was like years and years ago, but whatever. Anyway, don't let these be pearls before swine. Nope. This is how not to suck at marketing your band. Dumb and dumbest. Episode eight. We're trying to be daily. It probably won't be daily this week because I'm going to Psycho Las Vegas. Also, if you're at Psycho Las Vegas, come hang out with me. We'll talk about stuff and feelings and uh, make good choices. Any final points, Curtis? No, I won't be at Psycho Las Vegas, though, so don't try to find me. Just hit up Matt and uh, join join the group, like I said. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Perfect. Thank you guys for listening. We done yet?